Leaders in Worship podcast, episode number eight. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship podcast. Our purpose is to equip, connect, and develop leaders in the area of worship ministry. I'm your host, Matt Perkins. I'm excited that you have joined us today. If you're listening either through our website or through iTunes and you subscribe there, or now we are also available on Stitcher Smart Radio, and we have links if you are not a Stitcher user, but you would like to check that out. Uh, They have an iOS app for your iPhone, iPad, as well as Android. And you can also go on their website. You can just go to stitcher.com and you can sign up for a free account. And I think that you will enjoy it. Well, today we are discussing what does the Dwight Howard trade have to do with my worship team? Uh, You might be going, who exactly is Dwight Howard, and what does he have to do with my worship team? Well, Dwight Howard was the star player of the Orlando Magic up until this past week when he was traded to the L.A. Lakers, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about some of the things that are going on at the church where I'm worship pastor, Faith Assembly in Orlando, Florida. You can find links to our church website as well as our church Facebook page, and you can kind of find out a little bit more about our church. Um, We've been going through a building project for the past few years, and we had, on August 1st, had the dedication of our new facility. Now, we still have a couple weeks until we are actually in the building full-time, but we are building a new campus. It's six miles, roughly, south of where our current facility is, and we had to relocate mainly because we are, we're maxed out on room. Uh, we are, right now, we are in four services on Sunday mornings, and uh, that's at 8, 9.30, 11.15, and 1 p.m., and if you are a part of a church that does multiple services on a Sunday, you know the challenge that that can be. Um, as well as just staffing that with volunteers, people on your worship team, people in your band, logistics. How do, how do we actually facilitate that? Uh, do we have people sing all morning? Do we have the band play, or do we split it up? Well, what we're doing with our our choir, we'll typically sing first, second, and third service, but not our 1 p.m. Um, we do a similar worship style, and the same worship set for all four of those services. So none of that changes. It might change a little bit just based on the dynamics and the flow of each of those services, but we go in with the same worship set uh, to do in, in each of the four services. Our praise team will switch out after... They'll do the first two, and then we'll have another team on our front line for the third and fourth service. And that's primarily just so they're able to have some time with their family or they're not singing in in all four of those. Now, our band, however, uh, our band plays for all four of those services, and it, uh, it just helps with continuity, keeping things 
similar and also with our audio engineer we're not switching having different line levels with instruments and and all of that ideally uh, with vocals it would probably be better having those all four having one team for all four of those services but we want to definitely not max out people and we want to give them a time to be with their families it is a long day when you have four services so with our new facility we'll be starting out in two services we'll have uh, two sunday morning services we'll keep the same team on for both of those services and uh, we're excited about the opportunity that we have of getting in now on wednesday i just uh, briefly mentioned wednesday august 1st we had the dedication and we are so excited about this evening and how everything went. Uh, I have a link to a blog that Steve Strang of uh, Charisma Media, Steve Strang wrote. He was there in attendance. And he wrote about that, and uh, I have a link to that that article there that you can check out. And so we are so excited. It was It was a lot of challenges that we had because we weren't able to actually move the instruments or any of the equipment in until after 12 o'clock on Wednesday. And so that obviously made sound checking with all new technology, complete new sound system, everything was different. So we did have a few hurdles that we had to go through, but everything went so smooth, and we are definitely looking forward to getting into this facility. This past week, Mary Beth and I were in Louisville, Kentucky, our two daughters were competing in a fine arts competition through our church uh, called National Fine Arts Festival, and they were singing, dancing, and involved in different things. Our youth ministry took 300 students that advanced to the national level, and they were there and competing. So thankful for our youth ministry and, and what they are doing to encourage students to use their gifts. You know, it was Fine Arts Festival. It was actually called something different then. It was called Teen Talent when I was in high school. That was the first time that I actually sang or even really knew that I could sing, and it was because my youth pastor challenged me to get involved and use my gifts that I started doing this through Fine Arts and then later getting involved in ministry in leading worship through singing and and all of that. So I am so thankful for this program, incredible program. So our daughters were competing there this week, and I was wanting to just walk through the facilities. I had heard so much about Southeast Christian Church, and it's a great church in Louisville, and Googled it, ended up we were staying right across the highway from the church, and so we were able to take a few minutes before we left to come back to Orlando, walk through their facilities, uh, grab a cup of coffee in their coffee shop there and look through their bookstore. What a phenomenal church and phenomenal facility. So if you have the opportunity to walk through that, I encourage you to do so. Well, on to today's topic. What does the Dwight Howard trade have to do with my worship team? Um, if you want to take a look at one of the most awkward interviews ever, um, I have a link in the show notes. You can go to the news station that had a video of Stan Van Gundy, the former 
coach of the Orlando Magic and Dwight Howard, and they were talking about reporters were asking the coach, Stan Van Gundy, hey, is it true that Dwight Howard, the star player of the Orlando Magic, wants you fired, that doesn't want you to be the coach of the Magic? Uh, This had been something that was rumored, it had been brewing, uh, but when they put Stan on the spot and said, hey, is there any truth to this? Um, Stan responded, yep, yep, it's true. Um, I heard this from management, uh, which then began to fuel all kinds of speculation. Uh, Dwight Howard walks into that interview not knowing what had uh, what Stan had said. It's worth watching just for the seeing the tension in that. Uh, now, first, let me say this. I'm not saying that Stan Van Gundy is a bad guy. I'm not saying that Dwight Howard is a bad guy. Uh, Dwight Howard has been great for the city of Orlando. He has been generous with his time and with his resources, and he will be greatly missed in Orlando. Um, But this really isn't about two people. It's about seeing disunity and um, some contention laid out right in front of our eyes in media and on TV And how do we respond to that? This had been rumored for a while, and then when it's put out there, a few weeks later, Stan Van Gundy is fired um, as coach of the Orlando Magic. Um, Ends up that they kind of cleaned house with a lot of people in the organization, and this week, Dwight Howard is traded to the Lakers. So a lot of people are in Orlando are saying exactly what is going on here. Now we went from being a contender to having to rebuild. What is the price tag on unity? Can you really put a price tag on it? I don't think you can. When it comes to our worship team, when it comes to our church, looking at how costly it is to let contention, to let strife, to let egos, to let pride creep in, it can destroy what it takes years to build. It can destroy in just a moment's notice. Uh, There will always be conflict in ministry. Uh, That's just the way it is. We can look at it and we can think that, that our church is perfect, that we've never had a problem, but man, you're lying to yourself if you say that you've never had a problem or a conflict on your team. It is just something that happens because ministry is about people, and people many times have problems. Um, Proverbs 14.4 says it this way, An empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. So uh, if you need a clearer picture, where there are people, there will be problems. If you have no problems, it typically means in ministry you have no people. And uh, so I would rather take the people, love them through issues, and we all have things that we go through, and so God help us be able to maneuver through the challenges of ministry. Um, Ministry can sometimes be messy, but that doesn't mean that we don't need to do it. People's feelings will get hurt, disappointments will happen, and our challenge is to be able to love people through that, 
build people in that. Benjamin Franklin said, we must all hang together, or assuredly, we will all hang separately. Wow, how true that is. We must hang together. Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3, says it this way, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. In verse 3, it says, It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. We need God's blessing on our life. We need God's blessing on our ministry. And we have to understand that anointing always flows from the top down. We don't want to get out from under what our senior leadership is saying. If your senior pastor is laying out the vision, we need to get up under that vision and flow with that and not create a separate track that we can think, boy, we're going to do it our way. That will never work. If you want the blessing of God, you need to get under the vision of the house, the vision that God has given to your senior pastor. So when disunity and problems come in our ministry, if it's in your worship team or um, a media team, whatever it is, when there are types of disunity that come in, there might be several factors in play. One, typically there's a breakdown in communication. People either misunderstand or they don't know exactly what the expectations are and feelings get hurt and it's not addressed. Or secondly, there's no buy-in. Without buy-in, there's going to be no passion for the cause or the vision. We aren't looking for a go-along in ministry. We're looking for buy-in. We want the people in our team to buy into that vision. Um, Some sources of conflict might be competition, pride, unresolved conflict, or maybe avoidance of conflict. Uh, That can be worse. If you have someone that doesn't doesn't talk, they don't want to share what's going on, and they just keep it to themselves. But all that time, they're building up some some unresolved conflict. You need to make sure that you, you deal with that. Other sources of conflict might be a critical spirit or someone who is spiritually unprepared, or maybe they're uh, just dry and, and their spiritual life has has kind of tapered off. There is a difference between unity and uniformity. Uniformity, they might have the same manner, the same degree, but unity is acting as one. With uniformity, you can achieve an end result, but there's always going to be chaos. There's going to be drama. So are you operating in unity or is it simply uniformity? You can bring a group of people together But in order to actually function well, it will take unity. People can agree, but it doesn't mean that they are aligned. Michael Hyatt has a blog at michaelhyatt.com, and I have a link to a blog post that he did a few months ago, and it's talking about the difference between acceptance, agreement, and alignment. I thought this was a great way that he had laid this out. Acceptance 
He writes, is the first and lowest level of unity. People acquiesce to your leadership without protest. They may or may not agree, but they decide to go along because the cost of objecting, whether real or perceived, is too great. Do we put so much pressure on people that they just say, man, it's not worth the fight. I'm just going to go along with it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go, go along, not make any waves, uh, but I'm just going to accept it because it's not worth the backlash that I get if I voice my opinion. Secondly is agreement. He writes, that's the second level of unity where people agree with your direction and generally support it, but they're not personally invested or committed to making it happen. This is a great line he writes, you have their minds, but not their heart. And this is why you may not experience resistance, but you can't seem to make things happen. Are you kind of hitting a plateau and it seems like people will will go up to a certain point and and then there's nothing after that? Are they at a point where you have their minds, but not their hearts? The third level is called alignment. He writes, this is the third and ultimate level of unity. The people are with you. They're fully committed to making your common vision a reality. Uh, We read a, a few months back in our staff, we read the book Raving Fans, a great book. There's a link in the show notes. You can go and pick that up on Amazon. But in our ministries, we want people who are in alignment, that they are committed, they're with you, they have your back, and they have the backs of the teammates. They voice their support in public and their concerns in private. That is a great, great phrase and great way that uh, Michael lays that out. So how do we achieve unity or alignment? Uh, One, we have to lay aside any individual ego and individual gain for the good of the team. Secondly, you need to be proactive in dealing with conflict. Conflict isn't always a terrible thing. Actually, it can be very healthy if it's handled right. Uh, Go to the correct person. Don't be a garbage dump listening to gossip and just being a person that anybody can come to with issues. Don't be a, a garbage dump. And third, vague statements on Twitter and Facebook will not help your cause. They stir up confusion and dissension and are not worth it. It drives me insane when I see this, and I see it all the time. And it's not just in our ministry. We see it in our daily life. People that put something that it's kind of a zinger that they want to put out there, but they end up causing so much confusion that people are going back saying, hey, did I upset you or whatever? So whatever that is, don't allow that in your ministry. If it's happening, put a stop to it because it's not worth putting doubts in people's mind and causing disunity. Don't even go there. And if you do have conflict on your team, here are three things that you can do that can help resolve that. One, pray for direction and discernment. Ask God to speak to you clearly. Don't go off right away. Spend time. Pray about it. 
and ask God what is the best way that you can approach this. Secondly, talk to the individual that there is an issue with. Never punish a group when it only pertains to one individual uh, because everybody's going to start questioning, did I do something? Is this directed at me? If it involves one person, if it involves two people, go to them individually, talk to them, and work through this situation. If it involves more people on that team, then it might be helpful to just sit down with a group and just say, hey, we have an issue that I've been praying about. Here's some things that I've been sensing, and I just need to lay this out, and I want to share my heart. Those are ways that you can be able to diffuse a situation. The third thing, be quick to ask for forgiveness. You might say, well, are people going to think I'm a weak leader because I'm asking for forgiveness? Absolutely not. And if they do, that's their problem. You need to be quick to ask for forgiveness and say, look, if I've done anything wrong, if I've brought confusion to you or to this situation, I ask for your forgiveness. I want to say I'm sorry. And then go from there and try and find a common ground that you can work through, talk about their situation, find out what's going on in their life. And when you do that, I think you're going to find that you have a healthier team, you have a more unified team, and going through those situations, when people see that you really care about them, that you really love them and are concerned, they will come in and be aligned where Michael Hyatt was writing that they are with you, they're committed, and they have your back, and they have the backs of your teammates. Usually to get to this level of unity, it does take going through some difficult times, and people will see that they can come together, they can be free to voice issues that they may have, they can come to you privately and say, hey, here are some concerns that I have. And if you do have someone that does that, they come and and they express some concerns, don't be so fast to get defensive on it and say, well, what, what are you talking about? Listen to what they have to say, pray together, and ask God to give you wisdom as you move forward. So I think we can learn a lot by watching some of the things that are in the media and see how disunity and breakdowns and communication can come in. And we can learn from these things. Boy, may it never be in our ministry that we let either a lack of communication or a maybe confusion or misunderstanding end up changing the whole face of our ministry and how we approach life. Well, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the Leaders in Worship podcast. And if you are listening by iTunes or you're subscribed, I would appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a starred rating or a written review of the show. That will help us in our search engines. And as people are trying to find us, more people can find out about the Leaders in Worship podcast. If you're listening on Stitcher, um, if you are on BlackBerry, uh, we are in the podcast directory for BlackBerry. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email me, matt at leadersinworship.com. 
or you can leave a voicemail from your computer by going to our website, leadersinworship.com, and on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a button you can just click, and you can leave a voicemail from your computer. We would love to hear from you, and if you have a question or a comment, maybe a suggestion for an upcoming topic, uh, please leave that with us. Well, God bless you, and we'll hope that you have an incredible week.